Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'd like to talk today about something that you hear a lot about, but there isn't necessarily a lot of clarity about. That's the whole subject of hate speech. Now, we know that hate speech is bad, but what exactly is it? Well, recently in the uh, United Kingdom, in England specifically, a retired army officer was charged with uh, hate speech. And what he said was he he was speaking to two uh, female homosexuals. And he said, quote, it says in the Bible that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's true. But you need to have to add today that people who engage in homosexual activity uh, and don't repent before they die are in danger of not inheriting the kingdom of God. So, you know, there's some nuance there. But, you know, basically what he said is fundamentally the case, although I think it could have been said with a little bit more nuance. But nevertheless, he was charged with a hate crime for communicating what the scripture teaches. And this is interesting because it turns out that the Crown Prosecution Service, which uh, is in charge of prosecuting people for crimes, including a hate crime, defined a hate crime like this. Any criminal offense which is perceived by the victim or any other person to be motivated by hostility or prejudice based on a person's disability or perceived disability, race or perceived race, or religion or perceived religion, or sexual orientation or perceived sexual orientation, or transgender identity or perceived transgender identity. So anybody who experiences something that somebody said as motivated by hostility can accuse somebody of a hate crime. And it goes on to say there's no legal definition of hostility. So we use the everyday understanding of the word, which includes ill will, spite, contempt, prejudice, unfriendliness, antagonism, resentment, and dislike. Now, the Metropolitan Police Service of London added some additional understanding of one they will prosecute. It says, not all hate incidents will amount to criminal offenses, but it is equally important that these are reported and recorded by the police. Evidence of the hate element is not a requirement. So you don't have to establish that the person said what he said because he or she hates you. It says you do not need to personally perceive the incident to be hate-related. So even if you didn't feel offended 
or hated by what somebody said, if somebody who overheard it uh, was offended by it, it says it would be enough if another person or witness or even a police officer thought that the incident was hate-related uh, to be charged with a crime. So this means in practice that anyone else can allege a case of hate speech on behalf of someone or some group you may not even have met. It's a literal thought crime since thoughts about it are the evidence basis. So this is a, this is kind of like a, a murky situation, which just opens the door to uh, intimidate, to make people afraid, to uh, make people extremely cautious in what they say. Because if you disagree with somebody about fundamental moral issues, and that makes them feel uncomfortable or offended or that you're not being friendly or accepting to them, you can be charged with a hate crime. Now, it isn't, hasn't reached that point yet in the United States, although it's probably closer to what's happening in the UK and Canada, but it's there. Uh, these days, people are not really open to rational discussion about certain things. Certain things have become like ideological causes. And if you disagree with the ideology, which is believed in with like religious fervor, you are perceived as a hater. So this, this is an impossible situation. Uh, previously, people could disagree with each other, uh, could argue, could appeal to evidence and reason. But nowadays, there's a lot of people who don't believe that certain viewpoints should be allowed to be represented, to be argued, to be entered into dialogue, to look for the truth in a situation. So we're in a, in a pretty serious situation. So what should we do about this? Well, I think all of us are feeling this to a certain extent extent a certain intimidation factor a certain you better be careful better better keep your thoughts to yourself because uh there's a lot of hostility right now in our culture in our countries uh to christ and the church there's particularly uh, a lot of hostility to what god has revealed and which has been held by jews muslims Christians for thousands of years uh, about the meaning of human sexuality, that God indeed has created the human race, male and female, for the purpose of people coming together in a holy marriage open to new life. Uh, yes, there's differences amongst the religions, but on this particular issue, there's been a unity uh, up until about the 1930s, when the Anglican Communion began to open the door to breaking the link between the unitive function of marriage and the procreative function of marriage. But that's another story. So here we are, and we're in a situation where thousands of years of tradition of the main religions holding to a certain viewpoint now being described as hate speech. So what's a Christian going to do. And what I'm talking about as a Christian today is a Christian who's faithful to scripture tradition. For a Catholic, somebody who's faithful to 
the, the transmitted word of God, as we find it today in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which faithfully represents the will of God and the purpose of God revealed to us in sacred scripture. What are we going to do? Well, we need to be as simple as doves and as wise as serpents. We shouldn't be like a bull in the china shop, kind of unwisely stirring up controversy and conflict. But we shouldn't also be cowards. We shouldn't also get into a situation where we're manipulated emotionally or by fear into agreeing with somebody's moral choices that we know are gravely wrong and indeed will endanger their eternal salvation. So what are we going to do? We're going to look for opportunities in a humble, realistic way to not deny the truth. Uh, I, I run into this all the time. I live in a very liberal city in Arbor, Michigan. The uh, social pressure uh, against traditional uh, views on marriage and family life are is strong. Our state just very tragically voted to uh, add to the Michigan state constitution almost an unlimited right to abortion with uh, any attempt to uh, limit it in any way uh, almost being impossible. And many, many Catholics voted for that. So even within the Catholic Church, we've got a big problem. Uh, and a lot of priests know that too. So a lot of priests are intimidated or fearful about speaking the truth. Thanks be to God, many are not. What about an ordinary layperson like you or me? Well, I do have opportunities in talking with typical, my fellow Ann Arbor citizens in different social situations or sports situations. It comes up. And the presumption is that I am like the rest of the enlightened Ann Arbor population, of course, am in favor of abortion. Of course, I'm in favor of the LGBTQ agenda. And I do get opportunities to meekly, humbly say, you know, I don't agree with that. I've had occasions on a number of occasions to tell people, you know, I just don't think that killing babies is ever a good solution. And, of course, then they'll say, well, it's not really a baby. And I'll say, well, follow the science. That's what we've all been trying to do from the moment of conception. It's all there. Everything it takes to be a human person is there. Uh, and so I've, I've had an opportunity to push back. And, and I, I do think that we need to take opportunities to push back because there are a lot of people pushing back. Some are doing it very publicly. Some are doing it in publications. Uh, people are doing it. We need to lend our voices and our prayer to the resistance to evil. You know, Jesus, you know, the apostles say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The devil is trying to block the word of God from ever being spoken. The, the devil's trying to frighten people into submission and cowardice where they'll deny the faith and deny basic truth. And we just have to not allow that to happen. We need to ask the Lord to give us boldness, to give us courage, but also give us wisdom. Sometimes it's not helpful to, uh, in a situation where there's no openness at all, to uh, say something that will only provoke greater hostility and greater hatred. But most people 
have actually never heard somebody whom they consider rational and reasonable uh, dissent from the uh, prevailing deception. So we should look for opportunities where it would be appropriate, even if we are risking some flack, risking some social uh, exclusion, risking some mockery, risking some hostility uh, to speak the truth in these situations. I've also had opportunities in different conversations where people talk about the whole transgender thing. I say, you know what? I'm really concerned about what's happening to young people. People are being rushed into hormone treatment, rushed into surgery, and there's no scientific grounds that this is actually going to help anybody. I'm totally sympathetic to people who have gender confusion, but they need help to come to grips with who they are as men or women, not thinking that pretending that they're the opposite sex is going to really be a long-range successful strategy for them, and it's going to ruin their life. And I'll also talk about how people who have done this and who are regretting it, they're being uh, they're being silenced. Uh the, the fact that there's no science showing that this actually helps uh, is being silenced. And so I, I, I will I will speak these things in different conversations, and I encourage you to uh, look for opportunities. Sometimes we need to be quiet, but I think more times than not, we need to push back. We need to do our part to uh, clear out the deception, to give people a chance to hear something that they're not going to hear from anybody else. Because the uh, the thought police are closing in. The people who are accusing people who are sharing love speech, the love speech of God for the human race, the love speech of the apostles, that trying to turn people away from behaviors and practices and beliefs that will bring death to them and not life. So we got to ask the Lord to uh, help us to do our part. Sometimes it's with family members, sometimes it's with neighbors, sometimes it's with co-workers. But uh, there are times and there are situations where we need to push back with love, with gentleness, with humility. But we need to push back by saying, you know, I don't agree with that. And then tell them why. Well, Lord, help us. And he will. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin. Ralph Martin.